Well, it's episode 15 already, and this is the second episode for the new year, the new decade, 2020. Um, so we got something kind of different planned today. We're going to dive a little deeper into the social media side of the whole cooking experience and the things that we're all three of us here on the podcast are um, pretty involved in on a daily basis. And that's with a lot, all the different social media platforms. Um, and uh, so we're going to kind of give some insights into, into our approach to it, uh, how it inter- interacts with the food side, you know, the content, the uh, the plating of, of the cooks and all that kind of stuff. So um We'll start with Derek, and this is Derek Wolf, who runs Over the Fire Cooking, if you uh, didn't know already. Um, Derek, what are some of your strategies when it comes to uh, deploying your cooks on social media? Oh, man. Well, first off, I just have to say that when it comes to social media, um, there are a thousand opinions on how you should be running it. Uh, the strategies on like key identifiers for telling you when you should be posting, what you should be posting, how you should be posting. Like there is not necessarily one size fits all aspect. However, um, been doing this for almost uh, three years, a little over three years. And I think that there are a few things that make a big difference, especially if you want to grow, especially inside of the food industry, uh, if you want to grow. One of the big things that I've noticed is consistency. Um, I really think at the end of the day, all people are really caring about is that when they come back to your account, when they come back and they're interested in what you're doing, you're providing something new. Um, so they're getting an insight, whatever that looks like, it's just consistent. So that means, um, like you're going to, for me, I post, uh, almost every day except for Saturday. Uh, and I come out with, three new recipe videos every week. Now I'm not telling you to, you have to, you know, quit your day job and come out with three recipe videos every week, but that's just my consistency. So I have Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, I'm coming up with a new recipe video. And so, I mean, it, it's just about staying inside of a cadence, being consistent. It's the same idea as like, if you want to um, get stronger or lose weight or, Anything over a period of time, if you do it consistently, uh, work off of averages. On, on average, how often are you posting? How often are you getting new content out there? Because um, I see it for myself. There are other social medias out there um, that I'm still trying to figure out. Like, I don't know if either of y'all are either of y'all on TikTok yet. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, um, I'm a, I've dabbled. <laughs> I mean, TikTok, it, it's a lot of fun. It feels like uh, the cousin to Vine. Um, yeah. I, loved, I love Vine, um, RIP. But um, it's like, a, you know, it's definitely a newer generation. There's a lot of other things going on. And I'm pretty inconsistent on my posting. Um, and I think that I've already seen how when you are consistent in what you're doing, it does build momentum. So that means that when you when you post something that becomes super successful, which if you do it enough, you will find a key that it just, it works. Um, then after a period of time, it really does grow. Uh, and you start to see a lot of growth. You'll start to see a lot of change. Um, and I really, I, I mean, I believe that that's just consistency at the end of the day is what's going to help you grow on social media. Um, do y'all have opinions on that, especially around consistency? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because this um, past two weeks, I haven't really been cooking much or doing much. And the hardest part, and one of the reasons is my mind is so focused on when I when I grill something cool, I want to be able to share it on social. And when I get home from work, it's already dark. And I'm like, well, whatever I'm going to cook, I'm not going to be able to take a picture of, which is not shouldn't be the purpose of food. It should be to eat. But um, and so, um, yeah, so I haven't been so consistent the past couple of weeks. I think I've posted a couple of things and I definitely see not so much that my I lose followers, but you just lose that engagement. And then you kind of get you kind of get scolded in the algorithm world. And it takes it's harder to catch back up into the good algorithms when when you slack because ultimately social media, those platforms, they want you to be social. They want you to engage. They want you to, you know, respond to the commenters. They want you to comment on other people's posts, um, answer your DMS. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it's definitely a labor of love. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing like on our end, you know, from more of the business side, it's still the same thing. It's consistency, you know, consistency over time is where you get, uh, you know, magnificent results. I was just talking yesterday to the marketing director for a company called Rough Country. They were kind of one of the main uh, suppliers of like all the lift kits and LED lighting and stuff for Jeeps and trucks and that kind of thing. And, you know, they have like 400,000 followers on Instagram. And they're, if you look at their page at first, it's like, why would there be so many followers for this brand? And you realize they've been doing this every single day for 10 years. All they, you know, that's all they do is they just, they launched a thousand new products last year and they just keep posting consistently all the time on across all their social media platforms. And it's like when you first, when I first went to their account, I was shocked by how many followers they had just for being, you know, an e-commerce brand. Um, but then you go back and you realize that, you know, they posted 4,000 times and it's been over 10 years. That consistency, uh, you know, really, really adds up. Um, and I think that's for me too. It's like, I, I'm, I'm a person, my personality is, is very, I'm, I'm driven by, you know, what I'm excited about that day kind of. And I have to kind of, in a sense, like build a structure to counterbalance that when it comes to social media so that, that it's consistent because I might be really, really excited about a, a July 4th cook-off I'm doing and post, you know, seven times that day <laughs> and then not post for seven days. And that's not uh, good for your followers or the algorithm. And so I think um, just, you know, I've been learning this a lot, especially in 2019 too, um, with Brio social media, but the consistency is the name of the game. All right. So another aspect of this that I like Chrissy's opinion on here is how do you kind of plate your food or prepare your food so that um, it's camera friendly and you can take really good photos that are you know meaningful, really show all the, the textures and the colors of the food. Um, what's your strategy when it comes to preparing your food before the photo or for the video? Yeah. So there's a couple things to keep in mind, um, especially when you're just starting out or if you're just trying to really build your brand or, or have your page grow is going back to that consistency is thinking about your style, your perspective, whether it's um, from the colors that you're using, the tones that you want your posts to be consistently. Um, I prefer to use kind of a charcoal wood, dark wood um, kind of setting in mind. Other people like to go like white marble. Um, you know, Derek's got his signature cutting board. So when people are scrolling through your page, they're going to say, oh, I bet that's a photo from Girls Can Grill or oh, I bet that's a photo from Over the Fire Cooking. So already without, you know, a big logo on there, people are already able to identify your style. So think about that. Think about your style and and how you want your your page and your images to be portrayed as people are um, swiping through to make sure that it stands out. Then when it comes to plating and when it comes to the photography, it's really, really important 
you're going to get the better quality photos if you are taking photos in indirect natural sunlight. And what I mean by that is that you're not sticking your plate of food out, you know, in the sun where it's, you're going to have these really harsh lights, but you're also not necessarily shooting indoors unless you've got a really bright window. You want that indirect light to where there's either um, the lights reflecting through a sheet or a pillowcase, or it's a cloudy day. Um, but just there's something about the natural light colors that make food much more attractive than you know fluorescent lights in your house or yellow lights in your house, or again the direct sunlight. So thinking about that as well, um, which is again why I haven't done a whole lot of um, photography lately because it gets it gets dark so early. Um, and then when it comes to plating, there's a couple different mindsets on that too as to whether or not you. You want to have the the protein or whatever you're cooking be the centerpiece and be the star and be kind of a standalone? Or do you want to go full on styling where you've got some napkins that give you kind of the soft, you know, some fabric to give you some soft touches. You've got some rustic silverware in there. You can do some um, garnish of herbs. Uh, there's really a, a full spectrum. I mean, some of my best posts are a piece of meat, just like a cube of brisket that's just sitting on a plain background um, versus the whole on styling. And and there's there's bloggers out there or, or photographers out there who do the full styling. And if that's what you want to do, that's awesome. It is a lot of work. Um, I would say think in threes if you're going to do, um, for instance, you know, you, you cook some red potatoes or something thinking in threes is better than twos instead of putting two potatoes on a plate, you know, do the, do the odd numbers that, um, that seems to be appealing to the eye. Um, and then think about your colors. So if you are cooking uh, ribeye, as an example, think about the background that it's going to sit on so that a, a brown ribeye sitting on a brown cutting board isn't really going to necessarily make it pop. But if you put it on black cast iron or white or something that, that gives it a little bit of contrast, that's a benefit. And then always what I have found that gets more likes is when I add just a little hint of garnish of some fresh parsley, fresh rosemary, something green that it just somehow it just catches the viewer's eye and just it just makes it look fresh and and delicious that's great thanks for those tips christian and i think um it's when you look at like what you kind of brought out there is that when you're looking at taking a photo it's more than just how the foods play it's also obviously the lighting on um, the angle the garnish all those different things kind of come together um derek would you have some comments in addition to that when you're looking at how you take your recipe videos how you take your photos would you have some comments on some tips and techniques that you've been doing that have been working well for you? Yeah. Uh, so I really think when it comes to specifically the angle of content and everything, you just want to uh, get out and, and try and find good angles uh, when it comes to actually shooting a lot of your shots or especially with your videos. Um, a lot of people are really interested in like over top shots. Uh, a lot of people are really interested in closer up shots. So I honestly, when I think about it, whatever I'm doing, whenever I'm creating content, um, I always think about, does this, obviously I'm cooking it, but when I look at this on a photo, does it make me get hungry? Because that at the end of the day, when it comes to the food world, especially in social media, like that is where you're getting your engagement is, does it look delicious enough that you're like, dang, I want that right now. Uh, right. So I think that that's a big key. And I definitely agree with Christy contrast especially with in the food world there's just so much brown black and red uh from the crust to the color of the meat uh to all that to the seasonings all that stuff finding contrast in um the coloring on your cutting boards the coloring in the knives that you'll use and the garnishes you know parsley is like 
my best friend. Um, <laughs> it just really adds, there's not any green naturally when it comes to grilling. And we all know that we all barely eat vegetables. So <laughs> right. like, you just got to bring that in a little bit um, to get that background. I mean, that's why like in competition, a lot of them are using, what well, it, it's kale, right? In the background. of Yeah, kale or parsley. Yeah, yeah we fill our boxes as... Yeah makes them stand out, gets that appearance score a little better sometimes. Yeah, so even the pros are using that. Um, so just making sure to do that. When it comes to recipe videos, uh, that is a whole, I mean, this is a whole other world. Uh, I think that I want to encourage people with two things. Um, one, you don't need $1,000 of equipment, thousands of dollars of equipment to be able to do high quality recipe videos. Yes, I don't, I don't create uh, some quality level that's like tasty videos in some way. Um, but I really think a subcategory of all this is that when it comes to food and beverage, I actually think there's a lot of people that, yes, quality of video matters. If it's easy to see, easy to watch, easy to follow along, that's great. But I've seen massive growth on Facebook and people getting excited uh, about my recipe videos and I'm not shooting anything off of, you know, crazy, you know, 1080p, crazy, insane video, high quality content. I mean, I'm literally, I'm using an iPhone 10. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, I don't think that you need uh, insane equipment to make delicious video and content. Um, that may not necessarily go on the photography side. I do think having a high quality DSLR um, camera can make a difference. Um, yeah. But you, I mean, I have friends there. I, I know a girl, um, she runs an account called Fit Waffle. She's out in London and her and her fiance are insane photographers and all they use is their iPhone. Um, so just saying, you don't need to be crazy. It all comes down to lighting. Uh, it comes down to perfecting it and finding right the good angles that you want to use. Um, so that's my first point. You don't need crazy equipment when it comes to recipe videos. Uh, you don't need anything really, really insane. And I think the second thing is, is that it really does come down to the cooking. Um, video in photo uh, you hate to admit it, but there's always those jokes in the background that you can really, uh, you can kind of doctor up a photo or even some of the food in the background if you didn't perfectly cook what you had just done to make it look a little better than maybe it is. In video, that's not the case anymore. Um, video, it's pretty obvious if you uh, overcooked your steak or you didn't do it because it's a moving frame. So, I really think that obviously you need to get the great content, uh, but really focus on the cooking aspect. Um, I, I mean, there are moments where I've learned over this period, it's better sometimes to lose a little of consistency in video posting if it means that you just redo the cook that you have done to make it even just slightly bit better. Maybe you didn't cut the steak perfectly or um, it wasn't that perfect, beautiful rim to rim you know, medium uh, to medium rare. Uh, that is another side note. If you cook beef uh, and you get big enough, or even if you're at small, like even if you're small, people will rip you apart about whether it was cooked to their liking or not. I think I remember yeah. um, one of my friends said, uh, who really cares? Do you cook it for you? Um, so 
If you like medium, good for you, but there will be a lot of people that like a medium rare and tell you you're crazy. Uh, So, but with that, I think that, um, yeah, don't be afraid to do uh, a content again if you needed to. Um, Don't be afraid to go outside the box and try new things. I mean, I know that we're going to do a fail episode um, coming up, but I was on the Brio a couple of days ago and I've been had this crazy idea of doing um, chicken drumsticks on the uh, the smoking rack, but hanging it from the brio uh, and leaning it down into the fire. Uh, I did not do it perfectly. Um, there was some chicken that fell in. Uh, it did not come out amazing, but I'm going to be getting to it this weekend. And I figured out, okay, this is how I need to be able to do it. This is how it's going to change it up. And it's honestly going to be kind of cool because I do think that um, it utilizes the Brio in, in a different way um, so that you actually can be able to cook it from a uh, almost baking uh, in some way, too. So I think that like, don't be afraid mm-hmm. to do that when it comes to creating content, but definitely focus on when it comes to video cooking well, because um, it shows it does show in your video. Um so yeah, you don't need crazy equipment, but you do need to be able to cook. Uh, yeah, and I think that those are the only two yeah. points for video, at least. I agree one hundred percent from a camera standpoint. I do still usually use my DSLR for photography. I just like the the tones and the lighting I get better from it. Um, but from a video standpoint, I have a, a Sony, um, you know, DSLR as well. But um, it's I, I get just as good of stuff on my phone and the editing is so much faster because I fully edited on my phone now as well. And um, and I didn't notice I didn't notice a lack in quality at all. It's just it's it, you know, it gets compressed on Instagram and Facebook anyway. And um, so, yeah, that's that's great advice that you gave. Yeah, for sure. What do you guys use as far as uh, what what are you? I think you mentioned you use an iPhone 10, Derek. But what are the phones you guys use, and what do you edit? What apps are you guys using for editing your content? I was using an iPhone 10. I just upgraded last week into an iPhone 11, and I haven't shot video on it yet. So, but I'm looking forward to that. I also have a Samsung um, Galaxy 5 that I actually bought just to do videos with. Um, I like the the kind of the natural saturation that it uses on the um, on that camera. So I've been using that, and then I usually use InShot for my video editing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I use the iPhone 10. Um, I have been impressed uh, with the Samsung. I've seen some friends of mine using it. Uh, so maybe at some point I would be interested in transitioning, but as of right now, everything is, all my videos are really shot off of the iPhone 10, uh, definitely interested in upgrading it, um, at some point. And I use my uh, Canon Rebel DSLR when it comes to, uh, photography. And then, yeah, I use InShot as my app of choice when InShot Pro, uh, yeah, and Jonathan, you've got the Google Pixel, which I've found really creates some nice photos. Yeah, from a photography standpoint, that's why I got it. Um, and it, it was a game changer for from from the content side. As far as taking photos, I'm, most of my photos are food on a fire pit. So you're you're trying to get um, you know a nice shallow depth of field. You're isolating a subject, you know, a fire pit in the foreground with some food on it and from different angles. And that does with the AI um, in portrait mode. And the, the pixel does an extremely good job of of allowing you to have that. Basically, it's fake um, uh, bokeh or you know depth of field. So uh, that's been really really nice. Um, from the video side, I haven't used it much from for that. I mostly use um, 
my mirrorless or my, my Panasonic GH5 systems for that. Um, but from, from the standpoint of photos, I really, really like it. Uh, it's currently very, the screen screen's extremely broken. So I'm trying to decide what I do, whether I, uh, whether I just upgrade to the either the pixel three XL, maybe I'll go to the four. Um, but speaking of the uh, video side, so one thing that there's kind of, I, I see a big difference in the, in the strategy and execution between your short form and your long form video content. Um, your talking head pieces, your how to's, if, if you're a person that wants to explore that, let's say you have a, a certain part of the cooking game that you are really you know knowledgeable on and you want to do some education on. Um, the big thing for me, having done more of that side than this, than like the recipe videos is, is it really comes down to audio. Um, I think a lot of people that are starting out in video don't realize the, the importance of audio and that it's actually your brain processes. If you're watching a video, your brain is processing the audio first and then it's processing the video, the visual. And so if what they say is basically if you, if you're watching a low budget production and the, the video is shaky and not in great you know, not, not a really high quality production, but the audio is good. You can get through it. But if the audio is bad and there's like pops and there's wind and, you know, it's hard to hear the subject, uh, you just can't get through. You just, it's, it's too annoying for the human brain to, to get through it. So, um, always make sure if you are doing talking head stuff, if you're doing a how to or a recipe where you're explaining, making sure that you're mic'd up, even with like a $15 lapel mic off of Amazon that you run right to your phone, it's going to be way better than, uh, even a shotgun mic or something on your phone where there's a distance between between you and the device recording and you're going to get the echo from the room and you know mm-hmm. other other noises coming in so trying to get wherever you're recording the audio as close to your to the subject to your to your mouth as possible if you're the one speaking or if you have somebody else on camera uh, that's a huge um, part of of doing video well on a low budget is just capturing that good clean audio um, that's a big a big big part of it uh, and then just being able to tell if you're doing the longer form stuff, uh, being able to tell a little bit of a story, having a, be- a beginning end in the middle um, is huge. And the last simple thing is framing. So uh, your, your tight, medium and wide shots. So your close in shots, focusing on a, on a fine detail of like the food, for example, uh, a medium shot, maybe showing the, the total grill and a wide shot showing you or the person you're filming cooking is kind of like as examples. And you see that you know, in, in uh, Hollywood movies all the time, they're constantly cutting back and forth between the wide establishing shots, the medium subject shots and the tight detail shots and just mixing those together. Uh, even if you're recording on your phone, it gives the, the production a much higher value because intuitively your viewer, your viewer sees that and they understand that, uh, you know, it's, it, it gives the feeling of a high quality production. So there's just a couple little things you can do using your phone, focusing on the audio, focusing on the framing and the storytelling that make a big difference on the longer form side. Um, the shorter form side, you know, a lot of things we've talked about already that Derek and Christy have both mentioned are, are, you know, very applicable where you're, you're getting that, you know, your, your minute long or, or less, uh, you know, snappy recipe style content. Um, yeah. And I would add to that from the audio side. Um, if you are going to do audio, um, like a how-to video, please be sure to include captions, mm-hmm. you know, the captions on screen, because a lot of times people are sitting in the doctor's office or wherever else they may not be able to turn the audio on, but they still want to watch your video. So, um, Facebook has a pretty cool feature and YouTube has cool features where, um, they can actually translate it. They, you know, they listen to the recorded video and then they're able to translate it naturally for you and then just go through that transcript that it produces to make sure that it actually says what, what you mean it to say. But I think that's a value that um, will get people watching your video with um, a longer time yeah, frame. Absolutely. 
And so, then there's yeah, the that, great debate I'm... of vertical or horizontal, which <laughs> <laughs> I I now I basically only shoot vertical. Um, because of that, I haven't done a lot of YouTube videos lately. But when I'm doing my longer videos, um, I'm posting those to IGTV, and that's a vertical platform. Um, Instagram, I can take my vertical videos and chop the top and bottom off to make it a four by five really easily. Um, and then TikTok is all vertical as well. And I found that on on Facebook, um, you know, I've run a poll with my followers and. And it was a 50-50 vertical horizontal. But um, yeah, I've just I've just finally made the decision that I'm not going horizontal anymore. So mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. no, that's it. Go well, ahead, Derek. Uh, I agree with that. I think it does really come down to the platform that you want to use or what's your primary platform. If you focus on Instagram, then you should be pushing all your stuff onto Facebook. Um, I even have noticed too, I was just on Pinterest the other day and started to see a big uh, there's been more video kind of on Pinterest as well. Um, and so oh, nice. I've um, been starting to post my videos on Pinterest. So who knows? Um, and TikTok is the same idea is there's pretty much all vertical as well. So really the only one that is uh, the two that are big on that horizontal is definitely YouTube. And then uh, Facebook as well is pretty big with horizontal. So, yeah, I mean, it just really comes down to the focus that you want to go on. I will say it is very difficult to get the same content, both vertical and horizontal. It's just not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got to pick one or the other and stick with it and then just kind of take it from that angle uh, and then start thinking about like even for me, I'm just trying to figure out how can I start incorporating more uh, horizontal shooting uh, styles so I can grow on um YouTube and and get more invested in kind of some of those platforms that are centered on that style of content. Um, And I really do think at the end of the day, don't try and do everything. When it comes to social media, don't try and do everything. Like pick two platforms that you feel like you can really crush. Um, Even if it's just Instagram and Facebook, um, even though they're, they're integrated, you post on Instagram, you push it to your Facebook account. Uh, It'll work, mm-hmm. um, but don't try and do everything. It will overwhelm you very quickly. Yeah. 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 Um, no, absolutely. And I think the only you know exception to that is, is that if you're, if you are on the business side, as you build out the marketing team, um, you can have different people, you know, focus on those different platforms, and those different styles of content. But as an individual, um, you're better off being a specialist than a generalist and being really, really good at a couple things rather than, you know, okay at a lot of different things. And there's, there's so many platforms and, and within each platform you can have the, all these micro strategies that are effective. Um, but back to where we started the whole conversation, it's all, con- it's all about consistency. If you're trying to build um, either a business from this or a you know, personal brand, it's all about consistency, just showing up and doing, doing it over and over again. And that's something that Christy and Derek both do an extremely good job at. And it's, it's, it's why they, they are where they are. Um, is there any other you know, kind of final comments on this topic that either of you uh, have before we uh, sign off? I would say just have fun with it too. It, Like I said, it is a labor of love. It is a lot of work. If you've got something going on in your life and you can't post for a week or a couple of days, it's okay. Your followers are still going to love you. They're, they're going to be happy when you're back. Think about your life first. Um, 
social media is fun. Social media is great. We're all loving it, but definitely, definitely do what's best for you and your life and, and, and then have fun when you're doing social. Don't, don't make it so much of a chore. Um, you know, you don't have to post every day if that doesn't work yeah. for you. And then just, just be okay with the fact that you may not grow as fast as other accounts, but if just find that good life balance with social and that's media. Where I think I guess. That's, Talking like a mom. That's where I think <laughs> we say consistency. Cause it, like, uh, yes, uh, I can post almost every day, but not everybody has that lifestyle. Um, so I think just staying consistent and doing what you can. I'm also going to say something relatively controversial. Don't, don't chase algorithms. Um, yeah. like TLC says, don't chase, don't go chasing waterfalls. Do not <laughs> go chasing algorithms. Um, it doesn't, I, I see so many people, um, struggling to figure out what's going on on their social medias and they blame the algorithm. And it's really easy to blame because honestly, at the end of the day, they are uh, Instagram and Facebook and all these accounts, they control how you get seen. Um, And it's sad, but there is some method to their madness in some way. Uh, And I really think is don't, don't go and try and chase what everybody's saying. You need to be adding 25 hashtags, then you need to be adding no hashtags, then you need to, you know, forget these specific hashtags. And then there was shadow banning for a long time. And then there was all kinds. I don't, I have learned that good quality content will be found. Um, Yeah. And it will be found because people are on social media to find interesting content. And I just really think keep plugging at it. It doesn't happen overnight. It didn't, you know, it's taken me a long time to figure this out. And I made a lot of mistakes. Um, But don't go chasing the algorithm because it's just not, it's not going to end well. You're always going to be chasing something that you can never catch. Um, And you'll always be disappointed um because they'll switch it up they'll do something different and you'll never really know the rules of the game so just play your game do what you can do see what is working with other people um but don't focus in on it do what you can do yeah absolutely and i think that's a really uh you know good point to end on um it's kind of a, a, a the you know two sides of the same coin the consistency argument and the argument not to chase the algorithm it's kind of like as an investor um you know, Warren Buffett is the opposite of a day trader. He's not, you know, constantly chasing the, the, the butterflies. He's making, you know, he's making good, consistent decisions over the long term. Mm-hmm. And that's where he is where he is. And it's kind of the same is true for social media. The second you think you have it figured out, it's going to change. And you're like you said, Derek, you're never, ever going to catch it. Um, but the bottom line is it's human beings that we're after, not uh, algorithms. And human beings do have patterns. They like consistency. They like interesting, exciting different content. And so, uh, it's, it's simpler than, than it appears. I think when you look at it from that standpoint, um, all right, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, this is wrapping up episode 15 of the live fire cooking podcast, and we'll see you next week for a new episode.